most of the time now, because I've done it for so long, it's become the opposite where like, if I post the video the next day and that person wasn't in the vlog, yeah. they'll hit me up and be like, oh, I wasn't in the vlog. Guess I wasn't like cool enough to make the cut. <laughs> Guess Jack doesn't fuck with me. Yeah. Like Rock Nation, welcome back to episode 73 of the 505 Podcast. Today's guest is the master of consistency. He is the vlog king. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jack Cook for round Let's two, baby. First reoccurring guest. Come on. Oh, it feels good to be here. And I just lobbed you such a softball with this drink open. So okay. please start me off. Give me the nine that I'm looking for. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Do you remember what you had last time? It was um, either a high seven or a low eight, I okay. think. I was being charitable. It was yeah. our first time meeting him and stuff. <laughs> but now we can be super honest. Oh, you're lefty. You're lefty. I'm bud. a lefty. Okay, ready, set, go. Wow. That was that good. That was really good, that Jack. Was good. That was good. <laughs> that was good. Eight one, baby. Thank oh, you, let's Jack. Go. Let's Thank go. You. That's how you know he's a veteran. Yeah. He's, he's been around here. It's so good to have you back. I won't lie. There are plenty of times when I'm like, cracking open my bev and i'm like what would brayden score this and every now and then i'll like put one in the vlog and i'm like i wonder if he'll comment and give me a score have you ever no i don't think that's I have. funny but they're really quick too i don't know if you'd have all the information you need i was uh i was recently just in preston idaho for a family reunion and i'm sitting there like at night phone's not working and shit and i just hear jack's voice out of the corner of the room i'm like are you fucking watching jack's vlogs chloe's been ripping your vlogs dude <laughs> Let's go. every every day and i'm like every time i hear it i'm like you better like and comment on that <laughs> shit save. you better like and comment and save on that Share to 10 Let friends. Jack know. Yeah, I'm like, let me watch what he did today. Like, bring it on over here. Also, I think I have some I have some problems maybe with your uh your scores. Okay. I feel like you pad your stats a little bit. Dude, oh, it's it's a thing. I won't lie. Dude, a thousand percent. Dude, listen, okay. I from the cheap seats, it's always just chatter. <laughs> all of, you hear, no, no. all I hear is yeah. nine four this, yeah, nine yeah. two this. Well, I'm when like, you're really good at something, people like under you, they get a little butt hurt. I'm on just, your page. Just yeah. like, you know, Derek Jeter, I'm sure he got a lot of hate back in the day. Michael Jordan, <laughs> same kind of situation. And I feel like I kind of fall in that box there's a little bias we need a third party committee yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i, I kind of made the game up it's like a dictatorship you know what i mean <laughs> lame not fair <laughs> well keon keeps just like telling me that he's not in the fours and fives but he keeps denting the can and there's nothing i can do if you dent the can it can't be above a five that, there's no dents here no right? i know yeah. and that's why you got a great score today okay. i'm the really YouTube happy viewers know the truth yeah, I only bring out bangers, and that you're a tyrant. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're full of shit. Okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start blocking them, dude. Someone hit me up actually the other day, and they DM me something about the one handed crack, and he was like, "Yo, I'm gonna expose you." And I was like, "If you send one more mean comment, you're blocked." And like, <laughs> test me, dude. This I'm gonna start, it. I'm gonna start fucking blocking people on YouTube. You know who I want to see rip a one handed crack? Hmm. The aliens. Oh, dude, the aliens would do a 9-9 nine nine first try. We've, uh, they, they actually sent me a DM. We put up the little poll thing, right? And so I got... The aliens? No, no, I got DM. like a... One of, one of the things was just like X, Y, and a bunch of letters. And I was like, weird. And it asked like, how can I make a vlog? So they're actually plotting to like vlog in space and shit. And oh, so... Would make for some pretty good content. I feel like they'd a, go viral. It would be pretty wild what they've got Vlogging in space there. is definitely... That's definitely a goal of mine. <laughs> is that on your bucket list? Yeah, like vlog 1000 is definitely going to be like on the moon or something. <laughs> you know what you could actually do that would be really fun? Have you seen those zero gravity planes mm. where they take you up? Oh, yes, yes, yes. That would be they so They have in Vegas, right? 
Oh, do they? I think so. I, I think you can go up and do it, and you're like all floating, all weird. You could do that for a vlog. That would be fun. You have should you, rip that. Have you planned like random big milestone numbers? You don't have to tell what the plan is for them, but have you been like, oh, at a thousand, we're gonna do this? At a thousand, I want to have a party. Oh, oh I feel like that would be fun. That would be super fun. Just like everyone who's like been supportive, like mm. can come out. I don't know where I would do it, but I think it's one thousand is like next summer, kind of around this time, like end of July or something. So a year from now. I really hope we're out of the country. I think we should do like Euro Summer Jack's thousand, oh, thousand vlog. vlog. <laughs> That'd be fun. I'm just like balling by then and <laughs> yeah, I can like bring dude. everyone to Europe. Yeah, squad. You're like, Charter I, a jet. I got the tickets. Everybody just show up. Yeah. Keon, where's Drake go again? Turks and Caicos. Turks and Caicos. Baby, yeah. take me where Drake goes. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we should be, dude. <laughs> That's where we need to be. We need to go there. Dude, so tell us a little bit about what you've been up to these last last few weeks. Oh, geez. I've been doing a lot of editing recently. I um, spilled like all over myself. I'm okay. really sorry about that. We got we to gotta redo that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now I'm good. I'm okay. Good. Yeah, I'm good. Um, you know, it's just been focusing on the vlog a lot. Like the past... I think 200 plus days, it's been like my full-time job, yeah. which is kind of cool. And so I just been focused on like what that looks like and how I can keep sort of building this world that I'm trying to make. Um, yeah, that's really it. So a year ago when you came on, life looked yes, a lot different. Very different. You popped on the show. Jack, we actually didn't know anything about him besides the fact that he was making a vlog. Yep. That, that was all we knew about you and we just were creeping on your vlogs. And so when he walked through the first day and you saw him on this show, that was 10 minutes before we met you. Yeah, yeah, literally. So much has changed and I'm so happy for you and just like love to see you succeed. Tell me a little bit about how life has changed in that last year, what you were doing then and what you're doing right now. Well, I think... I think last time I was here was literally vlog 199. Like I said on the pod, I was like, tomorrow's 200. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I do remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys were asking about, I can't remember what we were talking about, but like income or like how to make a living doing freelance and stuff. And I was like, well, I'm sort of in the middle of like, I'm starting to get hit up by brands to do stuff in my vlogs. And so I'm sort of in the midst of this change and I don't really know what it's going to look like, but... I'm going to explore it and see what happens. And now 664, I think is today, 665 maybe. And now I'm like, that's all I do now. Like that's my full-time income. Like I don't freelance stuff. I've kind of, I haven't really pushed to the side, but I've been like super selective about what I choose and like what I want to do. And then the vlog's been the thing that's made me the most excited to make every day. Do you feel like during that time period when you were doing these other projects, was it always in the back of your mind of like, I don't want to be doing this. I would way rather just be vlogging. I think it was the vlog would be more fun to do because it would be like doing these freelance projects, but for myself. And so like I would get to come up with the creative and I would get to be kind of the mastermind behind like what the story looks like. And that was my biggest thing with doing freelance work was I felt like I was always trying to make somebody else's vision come to life. And with the vlog, it kind of gets to be my vision that comes to life. And so really, I only wanted to do the vlog because I was like, if this can turn into my full-time thing, I just get to make the decisions about what it looks like. It's like working with brands. I get to be the one that's like, here's what I want to do. Here's how I want to create this video. You're in a really interesting position where you're able to say no to probably like most of the stuff that you just don't want to do and i feel like as a creative what a great place to be in because so often you know 
there's the struggling artist where you're like, I don't want to do this, but I need to pay rent and I have bills to pay. So like, I need yeah. to take this gig. That um, still happens for me sometimes. Sure. There are definitely times where I'm like, uh, do I want to do this? Yeah. Not really, but I'm going to do yeah. it. Cause I, you know, so it still happens a little bit. Um, and also there was one other thing. Find it. Land that oh, plane. Did Sorry, I need to yeah, sort of. No, 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 no. I'm I glad you did that. There. Yeah. I'll find it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> fuck. You got it. No, I don't know. I'm just really happy for you. <laughs> Thanks. Just <laughs> <laughs> so proud of my boy, Jack. Jack, in the beginning, were you ever writing them out the day before what you kind of wanted to film or was it no. al always a free for all? It was very much a decision to not do that because I thought if I start doing this, it's going to be the only thing that I do. And then I'm going to live each of my days out. Like I'm oh, that's trippy to think just about. doing it for the vlog. There have even been times when like, I'll start to think in my head like, oh, we should go do this because it will be good for the vlog. And I'm like, I need to backtrack that thought. Like that's not a good thought to have. That'll become a really slippery slope. So everything I do has to be like, because I actually want to do it mm -hmm. as a person. Totally. If, have you gone through that? Uh, like at other times of you've done 665 in a row, has there been any other, what's up? I found my point. Oh, get it. That's okay. Yeah, no, what I was going to say, no, get it. No, you've done so many in a row me and Braden did a 30 for 30 challenge. I just wanted to give you props because mm. 30 days was really hard. Don't know how you've done 664 or five. That was my point. That was a so good, that's a good point. I'm just really, I'm just so proud of my boy. 30 is a lot though. Like that's, yeah. I mean, that's not easy to do. It was, it was something. I feel like we yeah. learned a lot though. Totally. And I am now giving myself a little more time cause I have to make videos obviously to make my living. Yeah. It, I don't get to make the yeah. vlog yet my living, but it's, I've gotten some interesting emails from random little brands that are like weird, usually, usually pretty really? weird. Yeah, yeah. I got one that was kind of interesting today from like a random like neck pillow brand. I was like, we could buy. <laughs> we could, I could be about this. Like, could you guys send over some, some stuff, pillows. some budget and we'll like talk about this. What was the hardest part about doing it daily? I feel like you guys probably talked about this in that one episode. It, I think it was just having to do my like full-time job with this. Okay. That was Balancing by, both. Yeah, that was by far the hardest because I'd have to batch them on the weekends and I low-key just don't like to batch, even though I know that that is a way that I could get out maybe way more pieces of content, but it takes out the fun for me. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy like... Even when I was in Idaho, like I like just filming the day or filming little aspects or coming up with one video. Okay, filming it. Okay, editing it. Done. Like yeah. that's done for the day. Yeah. I just don't enjoy like sitting down for nine hours behind the computer. And I'm also trying to minimize time behind the computer. I really don't want to edit a lot anymore mm -hmm. because I think that I should just be living and just enjoying life. I feel like it's too short to be stuck behind my computer. You know, especially with, now that we know that aliens are for yeah, sure and real. Know, yeah, like, and it's just like, dude, I'm in my room and they're just hanging out yeah. up there. Like, come on, six hundred and sixty-four, and I've never batched a single respect episode That's or crazy. clip. Not a single clip has gone. Oh wow, really? Yeah, I've never reused a clip. I mean, really? there's been there's been videos where I like, you know, make something for dinner and then I make like a separate video about like what that recipe sure. is or something. You've so I've never reused, reused a clip. Never reused a clip. No. That is, well, that's for your awesome. like best moments, but that's like just like specific video. Mm. I'm saying like there hasn't been a vlog sure. where I reuse sure. a clip from a different vlog. Our unless yeah. I'm it's authentic. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're always just trying to make new stuff. Do you, has there been a period of time where you felt like, you know, burnt out from the vlog from mm. doing so many? Not burnt out. 
Um, I think that there's been lots of times where my motivation and discipline has been very much tested. And it's one thing that I wanted to talk about in like the topics that I had, but like, I think doing this so consistently motivation and discipline are not really enough. I can't depend on them. My motivation like isn't always there to make the vlog and my discipline at three in the morning when I'm editing something and I know I have to get up at seven, I have no discipline to want to make that vlog happen, but it's an obsession. Like I'm obsessed with getting them up every day, shooting them a little bit different every day, trying to tell a better story every day. And that's the only reason I feel like I haven't burnt out is because I still wake up 600 whatever days later thinking like, how can I make the fancy gym look a little bit cooler for this one video? Or like, how can I have a better transition from, you know, me being in the kitchen to sitting at my desk doing some work, whatever it is. And like those little things rather than like the outcome of, how many views I'm getting or followers or whatever. Like that's not really what I'm thinking about every day. I'm thinking about like those little moments and how I can make them better. And I think it's the only reason I haven't burnt out yet. And I think that's why the quality of them is where it's at, right? Cause there's no way that you would be able to do that many in a row. If you were obsessed with like the numbers, likes followers, No way. it just wouldn't be possible. You would no have way. burned out at, you know what I mean? Or hmm. going off of that, you would have fallen into the trap of hmm. like, I need to do this cool thing for the vlog. Yes. And then yeah. you kind of like lose yourself in the content. And you're like, you you hear like Logan Paul talk about that, how when he was daily vlogging, he like didn't know, he doesn't even recognize who he is during that time because he was like, I was just trying to do the craziest thing to get the most views. And mm-hmm. like, you're a, uh, you're a slave to your content and you're almost not acting you're not present. You're like you become a character. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is what I feel like Casey felt like. Probably, you know, yeah. he, he was just saying that if someone wouldn't meet him for lunch, that he knew he could get a clip out yeah. of. He was like, "No, I can't meet you for lunch." And that's that, crazy. And that was how his day revolved. Or if he was like, "Oh, me and Candace are fighting. Like, I don't know if I could get a clip with her today." Like, that's what he was thinking. That's what he said in so a podcast. Nuts. It's insane to think about. Yeah. You know, I think the only reason I haven't run into like that kind of issue is the voiceover because when I'm shooting stuff during the day, like I can go to lunch with somebody and we can just be talking for the full hour and I might get some clips of us when we're eating or whatever, but it's not like, I don't need to get the audio clips for the vlog. I don't need to be like, hey, I need your audio bit or like I need to shoot something with us. Like I just do that later with the voiceover. So I feel like it's a good separation to just be doing like the voiceover later. Like that's when I'm kind of on. That's like the only time I feel like I'm on. Have you been in a situation where someone's like, please don't film me? Or like, are you a little cautious about being around someone new who you've never met before? Like, of course, right? The first day you met us, like we're hyped to be in the vlog because like it's like what we do. But I'm sure you've been in situations where you're around people who are like, "Uh, like, please like don't film me or whatever. I haven't been around anyone who's been like uncomfortable with it, luckily. Um, and most of the time now, because I've done it for so long, it's become the opposite where like, if I post the video the next day and that person wasn't in the vlog, they'll hit me up and be like, Oh, I wasn't in the vlog. Guess I wasn't like cool enough to make the cut. (laughs) Guess Jack doesn't fuck with me. Yeah. (laughs) So it's almost like a responsibility of like, if somebody invites me to some event or something, I feel like I, I need to get them in the video is like, that's like my trade off. (laughs) You know, you also saying that. I think the fact that you're using your phone as opposed to a big camera. That makes a big difference. It's mm-hmm. a lot more unassuming. And like everybody's always filming stuff on their phone. Yeah. 
Yeah. I feel like people know how to interact with a phone better too. Cause sure. like people are always posing for pictures or like stories. Like people are always using yeah. their phone to shoot things. So like, if I'm just like, you know, smile and yeah. that's it. And it's like two seconds, like people are pretty comfortable doing that. Yeah. So, okay. You've been doing this for a while and you've learned a ton. Yeah. And the reason why we wanted to have you back on is because you have some pretty specific, pretty specific pieces of advice that you would like to give our listeners as yes. to how you feel like they can make their content better. Um, things that you've incorporated into your vlog. So you have six, correct? Yes. And I feel like we should kind of just have you rattle one off and we'll talk about it. Tell us yeah. how you feel like they can make their content better and then we'll just kind of riff. Yeah, I feel like there's been so much since the last time we sat down that I feel like have, has made my videos better. Just a lot of knowledge that I've learned and I thought like we just should do a whole content yeah. masterclass course. I love it. Sitting down today. So oh, yeah. we'll we'll send the tip thing at the end. It'll be 10, 15 or 20 percent. So I'll, I'll say I'll send you that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll send you that over after. Dude, so, that was clever. Yeah, no worries. Yes. Yeah. Um, Jack, so number one, you said that people need conflict. And when yes. I when I think about that, I automatically go to that Casey Neistat video, my greatest ever, where he rescues the drone from mm. the top of the building and he starts it off with like, we have a problem. And I'm like, yes. what's the problem, Casey? And he, you know, gets the drone at the end of it. It's like, woo. So how do you feel like, you know, you've added conflict in just your daily life without making your day a catastrophe? No, it's a great, great example from Casey. And I feel like that's a a huge thing that people miss out in their storytelling online is you're always sort of searching for the highlight moment and that's what you put out there. But if there's no conflict, there's always a conflict to get to that highlight moment. And if you don't document both of them, people don't get the same elation from that highlight moment that you did. You feel the elation from it because you went through the conflict and then you got to that highlight moment and that's what it made so great for you. You have to share both when you're sharing online. So I think you have to think about conflict a little bit more broadly. And like, I was saying this to you as an example on the phone last night, like conflict doesn't have to be something that is the end of the world. And it doesn't have to be something that's gonna like ruin your entire day. It can be little things throughout the day. Like if I'm going to do laundry and I have a shot of me like opening the the door to like do the laundry and I open up the detergent bottle and I'm like, oh, I'm out there's now my conflict is I'm out of detergent. So then that makes me have to go to the store, pick up detergent, come back to the house, start the laundry load. Now you have like the conflict and the resolution to that conflict. Just doing laundry alone isn't necessarily like an interesting thing to show, but like having the conflict and the resolution to it then makes the story interesting. So I think like finding those moments throughout the day or like if my phone one time in a vlog, like my phone fell over and it sort of like knocked the pan over that I was cooking eggs on. And then all the eggs like spilled out and like, it's a funny moment. And then it was sort of like played into this conflict that I had to like resolve. And it's just a minor thing, but it makes your stories a little bit more interesting to watch when you have the conflict and the resolution. Yeah. I also think another thing that we were talking about on the phone is dealing with um, the pressure of like time. So only like mm. deadlines, like having to get something done maybe sometime in the future, in the near future, or like you were saying, okay, I have 10 minutes to leave the house. Or like you see this very popular on TikTok of like, I have to be, I have to get out the door in five minutes, but like get ready with me. And you're like, bullshit, you have to get ready <laughs> yeah. in five minutes and yeah. like make this video. But 
having that that deadline and a certain amount of time to get something done in adds you know that conflict into videos and it gives you a little bit of context and like if i'm gonna go make breakfast i can say okay i have 25 minutes until my next call can i finish making breakfast in time to get on my next call like i did that the other day in one of my vlogs and i like didn't have time to actually sit down and eat the breakfast so then i went on the call came back and then ate the breakfast so just like having a little bit of the conflict rather than I made breakfast and then I had my call and then I ate the breakfast. It's like, it's not that interesting. And I think like competition too, like the competition that we have, you know, and which I'm I, clearly winning. No. And, and I literally did this, you know, on purpose. So I can show the people like Brandon what, has his shirt off. What Damn, we're working it's with. a little embarrassing. What we're working with. I would put the shirt back on. What we're working you. with on the show, you know, and I haven't even been working out, you know. That's I, no pump. No, that's no pump. That's a, like, I thought I was going to go to the gym today. I just dressed up for it. You right. know, uh-huh. I like, I went outside to go to the gym and then I went and got my car washed. Don't get your car washed anymore. Just don't do it. Just wash it yourself, dude. I literally tipped the guy 10 bucks. I'm like, dude, this is going to be the best car wash ever. Yeah. Open the fucking door. Goose's paw prints are all over my seats, right? Oh, and I, I showed the guy, I go, yeah, right really need this off. Like, please make sure that's off. He was comprende. I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> and I get back there and there's just paw prints all over the back. And I just didn't have it in me to argue today. And I was like, you know what? I want to have a great show and that's it. And so I just came back. So don't get your car washed. Just, I like a drive through car wash though. It's kind of oh, fun. I do too. But like the car whore in me, like hates the scratches paint thing. And I just can't do oh, it. Okay. I just okay. can't do it. I like have to wash it myself or have it hand wash. I'm really proud of you for not getting mad Thanks. at that guy because like your road rage or yeah. your, your, yeah, you your road rage. Or, he, no road rage for sure. Roid rage actually no. is what I meant to say. <laughs> It looking like that Ray clearly Ray is using sure. some PEDs, which I just refuse to use. <laughs> you do look tan, by the way. I, I do have to say, you look tan, dude. No, my stump. Look at my look at my sunburn. Look at that. What is this from? Is this from? That was from the lake life. We were on the lake for Idaho. an extended. Oh, okay. We were out there for like three hours, and I kept making the joke that I'm not like I'm not tan, I'm not sunburned, and that was a lie, obviously. So I didn't it, see any lake content. So did it actually happen? I didn't have the phone with me because I thought so my you phone. Really did didn't go. Yeah, I didn't if go. You, I didn't go to the okay. thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But competition is great for, you know, for <laughs> vlogs and for stuff yeah, like that. Competition is great. Jack, give me number two on the list. Number two on the list is going to be world building. This is something that I think I actually discussed last time on the pod. Um, maybe at the end a little bit. But thinking of yourself and your content almost as a TV show. And the way that TV shows operate is they sort of build this world and they build these characters inside the world and they have side characters. There's even like inanimate objects that can become characters. There can be like inside jokes, like the conflict that you guys have in your content. Like that's a great inside joke that people would only understand if they watch your stuff. It's not a joke. I don't know why you're saying it's an inside joke, but yes. It's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be in on it though to understand the conflict. And so I think it's just, it's sorry. It's so funny because someone like (laughs) recognized Brayden at the, at the fair, right? Yeah, that was the fair. But he didn't, he didn't come up to me. Like I, I I got a DM after and I was so pissed because I was like, dude, Chloe, I would have liked would have loved this dude. Yeah, this yeah. would have been awesome but he was like yo you're actually like pretty big in person like, i don't know what kostas is saying <laughs> i was like thanks man that's like the nicest thing anyone's ever said wow that's some good reassurance <laughs> oh my gosh yeah it was so funny i was like dude i was like god i wish chloe would have if it would have said that in frankly like he's actually way bigger in person I'm like i would have just melted to the floor 
That's amazing. <laughs> sorry, to cut, yeah, sorry to cut you no, off. No, you're good. You're good. So I think like thinking of yourself as a TV show, you're the main character. Who are the other characters in your videos? Like I think of you guys as characters in my videos, not friends. Mm. I, that was a joke. I don't think it landed. Oh. <laughs> I, thought I was like, you, okay, I was like what, what are we? Are we like, are we best friends? No, no, no. <laughs> That okay. did not land. No, no, it's okay. I, I, it, yeah. took, it went right past yeah, your head. Yeah, I was focused in. <laughs> okay, but you, I think of people in my life and how they can be like side characters almost sure. in the content in a fun way. And you have to think about things in your life. Like an example, if you've seen any of my videos, is like the fancy gym has almost become this character and it has a storyline to it. And you have to think about how are you... How are you building this world? And if somebody was on the outside looking at your content, would they feel like they are a part of a world and a part of a story? Visually, the way that you're give, you're describing yourself as a character, the way that you're describing people around you as characters, like the things that are in your life, they need to feel like they are watching a TV show. It's not just like making videos for an algorithm to try and go viral. They need to feel like they're a part of a story. Even the fact that you call it the fancy gym and have a name for it yeah goes into that and people ask all the time like what's the real name of the gym so i think if you said the fancy gym people would understand it in that context only if they watched my videos so it sort of creates this tight community yeah. around like the term fancy gym for no reason other than i just started putting it in the videos they need to give you a free gym membership yeah. if they don't already because i'm sure you currently don't but that's, that's bullshit. okay yeah, has got- anyone seen your videos I don't there? know. No one, no one that works there has said anything before, but I've seen, p- there are people there that I know who are like friends of mine. So they've seen the videos, but nobody working has ever been like, oh, I saw your videos being in here. So not yet. You also have like the, the Tesla, I feel like is its own little, little yeah, character. It's kind of a character. We got Erwan is, yep. it's, is it's, it's definitely its own little it's a, character. Your home is its own yes. little character. Yeah. And visually, you have to think about all those spaces. Like my house, I really think about like, how can I shoot this so people really understand what the space looks like here? How the kitchen is like next to the dining room that's next to the office. And I want people to understand like the flow that it has from one to another. So you like visually can map out what it would be like if you were standing in my house with me. And so if you're just looking at a shot of the kitchen, but you understand whatever is around you when you're watching the video, I hope it like puts you right there in the middle of this world that I hope I'm building and sort of like you, you, it sinks you into the story a bit more. Which is what I feel like people even do in all kinds of music videos, like all kinds of content. You want them to feel like they're a fly on the wall with you in that. And I feel like the content that I personally watch from people, I really enjoy that where I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in Tim's, Tim's a sneaker room. I'm yep. like, I know exactly what this looks like. Or exactly. I'm, I'm in his room and we're making tacos or whatever, yep. you know? And I feel like that, that brings you in and gives you something to grab onto rather than the hot girl on the beach with a bikini pic or whatever. Mm-hmm. It just, that's it. You know, right. there's, you don't have any substance to really hold on to. Hey, both are great. <laughs> content, okay. Chase isn't here, but Chase, you know, you got to stop Chase, the booty. Yeah, Chase would have said that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cl- a question for you. Did you test out how slippery your floors were in that house before you moved in? No, we just ripped the slide. Let's just, go. Yeah, just, you went just go. Okay. Not all hardwood floors are built equally some are more slippery than others and mine are is- pretty not slippery actually i would love you to test these out because yeah. uh, with shoes on though probably because your feet would just turn black from how dirty our floors are but yeah if you, i could tell you right now yeah you can live reaction okay, okay I'm take so, my shoe off okay tell us and 
These are probably just as slick as mine. Okay. Wow. Yeah, not very slick. So like the one time that yeah. I went home to my house in Savannah, I like the floors were really slippery there and I didn't like, I couldn't gauge it that well. And you can see the first time I did the slide and I completely wipe out because I had like way too much speed going into my slide. That's so funny. Um, another person that we all obviously like love and talk about is like Casey Neistat. And I feel like he was just like the goat at making New York, a whole city, um, feel like his like playground, and that was yeah. part of his story. Like one dollar pizza. Like if I yeah. went to New York, I would want to go buy one dollar pizza. Or, like I can only imagine how many people bought a boosted board because of like how incorporated it was into oh, so I, many. I, I did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did I you really? It. Yeah, I had one. I'm jealous. It was the mo- it was so fun. You could get anywhere on campus in under five minutes. And think about his office. Like you felt oh, like you were in his I office with him. And how office. much would how much yeah. money would you have paid at that time? I would have paid a lot of money to get to in that like office. go in and just take a tour. Yeah, yeah. See those cameras. See all the tools and shit. Yeah. All the labeled shit. All his overhead shot setup. It's so funny to think about. It's crazy how like disorganized it looks and like cluttered. But he actually is like so organized and knows where everything is yeah um also going off of world building and like giving certain inanimate objects names or all that kind of stuff is like when it comes to branding right like ip comes into play and so then like if you're thinking about you know future being able to monetize your personal brand if you have things that play under your ip like you're able to monetize that in a way for example like you uh, having the Bev in your vlog sets you up for the potential to have a brand deal and a partnership with that company. Yes. Um, which I think is also important like to think about and something we try to incorporate into the uh, into the pod with like Sketch Boy Hours and Rock exactly. and One Handed Crack and all that kind of stuff. So that's just something to think about when you're creating content. And the boulders versus the rocks yeah. versus the pebbles. Versus the like, sand. Yeah. We have sand oh, now. Oh, sand. They're I didn't just, know about sand, actually. They're just on Instagram. They That's just, it. just kind of scrolling sometimes. Got it. Okay. Yeah, but we the boulders are like checking in, dude. Also, if you're a boulder and you know you're a boulder, get your butt over to YouTube and do the boys a favor and leave us a like, please. <laughs> it, What's crazy is uh, we got... Like, oh, dude. I, we, we got, I think, like yeah, the most... for the... We got the most likes we've ever gotten. I think it was like 160-ish. Nice. I'd love to get 200 likes on oh, YouTube. Let's this go. episode. Let's be go. Big time. Yeah. Let's get the rocks together and let's make it. Let's make that happen. But Jack, give me. Hold on, that oh. was kind of a good alley oop for me. Can oh. we just acknowledge that yeah. I kind of alley ooped yeah. that to yeah, you? And did. I didn't yeah. really know that I was yeah. doing that. But yeah. okay, come on, dude. that was fire. That was fire, Jack. Yes. Number three is going to be open ended storylines. Oh, I love this. Okay, this is something I discovered. I don't even know. Maybe a year in is when I really started to think about this. So. Having storylines where I always thought that if I was posting the video, like I needed to start and end the storyline in the same video. And then that needed to be posted so people could get the entire story all in one video. And having a format like the vlog, it allows me to experiment with storylines and start something and sort of experiment with that storyline across multiple videos, sometimes weeks, months, you know? So like, for example, recently I've been trying a bunch of different like protein bars and every time in a new video, I'm like trying a different one, trying a different brand. And that's sort of leading to an eventual into that storyline where I open the storyline in one video and then close it three weeks later. I made like a top five list from all these videos that I've, and I, I was continuously mentioning that 
across many, many videos. So it was like opening that storyline and not closing it all in the same video as well. And when you do that, you can start to actually stack those storylines on top of each other. So I was like, I was, uh, I was like looking at one of my vlogs the other day. I think it was vlog 645. And I watched like the first 20 seconds of it because I was trying to get a good example of this. And in the first 20 seconds, I started and opened five different storylines in the first 20 seconds that didn't have a close to them anywhere in the video. But you wouldn't have known, unless you had seen my other videos, you would have no idea what I'm talking about with those five different storylines. But because I've, it sort of gives you more of a world to build out because I'm referencing back to older videos and older storylines and it's sort of bringing in that first 20 seconds, I hope then you feel like, boom, you're back in this world. You're like comfortable again with the protein bar. I'm back at the fancy gym. We have the Bev, like all of these things sort of make you feel like you're a part of this story and it's continuous. It's not something that's going to start and end today. It's something that's going to continue and I want to be a part of it in the future. So I think that's like really important when you're building a community, you want to sort of open these storylines for them and maybe not close them immediately. I also think that lends to making specific series within your content, like on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok. For example, like we were doing Tip Tuesday, right? Or like Peter McKinnon was doing Two Minute Tuesday, <laughs> where every Tuesday he would put out a video on the whole running joke is that like none of the videos were actually two minutes long. Yeah. But you know that you could rely on Peter to put out a two minute Tuesday every Tuesday and you really looked forward to that. And that's kind of a form of like an open ended story. No, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that format can expand and it can become different. And yes. like another thing that happens when you start to do this is you get banter back and forth with the audience. So like I introduce like boom, I'm going to try all these different protein bars. And a few days later, people start commenting like, you got to try this brand, you got to try this brand. So then I go pick up that brand that I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have picked up that brand if I had just done, okay, I'm going to do my protein bar video. And it's just going to be the ones that I picked. It may not have opened me up to those brands that the, the people in the comments were talking about. How tuned in would you say you are with your comments and like what your viewers want to see? Like, are you taking... Uh, suggestions as far as like what to incorporate into your vlogs all the time I'm like so tuned in to anyone yeah. who's actually commenting on my videos I feel like we are friends like as soon as you if we were to ever meet in real life like I we would be homies immediately like I know these people's usernames I ask them where they're from like I know Lukey Fields, for example, he's been like studying abroad all summer and he just got back. He's like back in school again. He's like doing this side hustle to be an accountant right now. Like he's one of the people who's like always been watching my videos. So I feel like I'm really paying attention to like what those people really want to see. That's so interesting because yeah. I, I feel like the like Casey, for example, Casey, this gal comments on like all of our stuff. She's a homie. Yeah. And even when there's like no comments. Oh yeah. Casey is there, dude. And she's a homie. And it's so awesome to just like, when you get that one comment, you're like, oh yes, yes. you're awesome. Like, thank you. You have no idea what that, uh, what that does for the creators who are just even starting. Like absolutely. when you get your first one or like three, you're like, yes, dude, I'll never understand why people don't comment back to that. I don't get that either. Yeah. I love commenting back. It's fun. I, I like set aside time to do it. Cause I enjoy it. And I'll, maybe I'll meet a new friend. You never know. Exactly. You know, I gave Costas a chance just like that. <laughs> <laughs> commented on my photo now they live together yeah isn't that crazy <laughs> happens just, just like i that. was like oh dude this weird guy's commenting on my shit dude, here we go you're lucky somebody verified slid in your dms bro <laughs> speaking of viewers i think we throw it to some q a 
Yeah, Keon's been a little quiet. Yeah, over Keon, there. what's going on in your Come corner? On, what's going on over there? I've been a little bored in the corner, but we got some rock questions going on. Um, let's see. Let we had some people up. send us in some questions, yeah. so here are some answers for you. Hit me. Number one, number one, coming in from the rock questions, we got what's the worst part about making the vlog? Oof. Okay, Duncan, Duncan sent in this question, so shout out to Duncan. Um, the worst part, there's not a lot of, there's not like a specific thing that I necessarily don't like about making the vlog, but there are specific times where it's really tough. So great example would be, I talked a little bit about it, but like Miami recently, I went to F1 Miami with um, Heineken. That was the brand that I was with. And that was a marathon of a weekend. It would be like at the racetrack all day. Keep in mind, this is an incredible experience and I'm not trying to say anything bad about it, but being in the hotel room at 3.30 in the morning, still having an hour plus left to continue to edit the vlog, knowing that I have to wake up at seven because the bus leaves at eight and I gotta have all my stuff together before the bus leaves. That time where it's 3.30 and I go, am I really gonna sit here and cut for another hour and make this vlog and it's gonna be vlog 579? Can I not take like one time to just maybe sleep in a little bit or I'll do it at the racetrack or something? And I'm like, Nope, I'm going to do it right now and I'm going to go to bed at 5 a.m. So you're always powering through at night to make the cut. Yes. Okay. Well, in the specific scenarios where I have to leave, leave so early, early in, okay. the morning, yeah. in the morning that I don't have time to do it in the morning. Okay. And like there are specific weekends and usually it's around events where like posting in the morning is also really important because I'm doing a recap of the previous day. So I want people to be like very, I want it to be like news. Like it's like top of your feed when you wake up in the morning type of thing. Love that. On some Twitter shit. Yeah. yeah. In a I way. like that. Okay. You, so, okay. You, uh, you're not sketch boy hours kind of guy. I'm not. If it's a normal week, I'm yeah. in bed before 1130. I like that. Yeah. I like that. You're getting a little sketch. I'm rarely up past 1230. So I feel like that's not like sketch is like 2 a.m. plus, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it starts at like 1145 midnight and then goes okay. whoever, however on, you know, however on you stay up. But yeah, I'm not too much of a sketch boy, yeah. honestly. I'm an early morning boy. Oh, yeah. Dude, <laughs> I think early morning is way more elite than late night. You know what's really? crazy? Yeah. So like I'll stay up really late and then still beat him up <laughs> just because. Just, just because you're like that. Just for sport. You're just him. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like a zombie. <laughs> Give me number two, Keon, from the corner. All right, number two. What is your process for chopping up a dock? Oh, Ooh. okay. This is a good uh, question. And I was recently doing it quite different for the Zilla documentaries that I was editing. And I feel like this could be interesting. So typically, and tell me how you, you guys go about this, but typically I have, especially for a big project, I start and I'm kind of like, okay, I'm gonna do an assembly edit and I'm just gonna kind of lay out a very rough timeline just so we have everything there and then we're gonna go back and chop it up slowly. Is that how you guys do it? Yeah, I've never done something over 10 minutes that's like that, but I'll do the same thing that you did, but then I'll have all my interviews and I'll chop my interviews first. So I have like the backbone of where I'm like, okay, I could do cool intro with like 30 seconds of music. I could have some talking stuff yeah. and then I'll go into like figuring, I'll even do it on the whiteboard with like sticky notes of like, okay, sick intro zero to 20. Yeah. Um, this is like talking head of dad, like another cool little edit and that kind of thing. That uh, I feel like that helps me because I can't really do it. I can do it like that in Premiere, but I also need to physically see it or I'll draw it. Right. How I'm kind of going to like, 
make it make sense. Okay, that makes sense. I've never really done super long projects. I've never worked on a doc. I guess like the longest stuff that I have really ever done was uh, real estate tour videos, which would be anywhere from, you know, six to 10 minutes. But the way I would do it is I would like, you know, take um, the realtor's uh, talking head, right? As we're mm-hmm. walking through the house and then um, maybe we do a couple different takes. I'd find the best take for each one. Okay, now it's laid out. I'm picking my music. Now that I have my music, I'm going through the B-roll, pulling my select for the B-roll mm-hmm. and incorporating it into like um, what he's saying. So that that kind of process is how I used to do the Zila documentaries. Is okay. like, let me lay the foundation first and then we'll do the pretty stuff afterwards okay. and like really dial it in. Recently what I did, and I actually liked this a lot better mentally editing, was, okay, we have a 20 minute project that this is gonna end up being and we have eight different scenes. So let me schedule out all these scenes and I have four days to edit these eight scenes. I'm gonna only work on the first two scenes today and I'm gonna work on two scenes at a time. And it gave me like a stop and an end point. And it wasn't like I'm creating a rough cut is I'm making the final version of these scenes right now today. And once I got through the end of that scene, I wasn't going to the next scene to try and like continue on. I was staying there and saying, let me do the music right now. Let me do all of the B-roll right now. Let me do all the pretty stuff right now. And mentally it gave me a place to like start and stop, which I really liked, rather than let me do the whole thing as an assembly up front and then go back in and make the pretty stuff. I did a version of that as I was making recap videos or like promo videos for Loud Luxury. Um, they'd be like, okay, this needs to be a minute long and you're gonna have this new song and it needs to be for their upcoming Vegas residency of 2023, whatever. So I'm like, okay, I have 30 seconds or a minute. I know I'm gonna have, I'm not gonna start on the drop. So I have like, you know, 10 seconds of like that buildup. Let me get these shots that are like six shots, but like not the hype, most hype. And like, I would break it up into almost like five or 10 second pieces and yeah. be like let me knock out that specific section then move on to the next yeah i think that's a great way to go about it yeah definitely give me number three number three i like this one it says what would you do if you weren't involved with videography slash filmmaking mm. oh that's super fun we should all answer this one hit yes. me jack what do you want i think i would do something in the cooking realm probably. that's what i was gonna say i think really? i'd be a chef i think i would be oh i would be i would do the racehorses stuff that would be my thing. Okay, oh, yeah. like what position? And in- I would be the trainer, like what my dad does. Got it. Okay. I would be the trainer guy. You're small enough to be a jockey, though. No, yes, <laughs> still, no. that was good. My dad, bring it back. My nice. dad was a jockey. Oh, nice. My dad was a jockey, dude. I okay. could have been a jockey in like the fifth grade. You, you know? jockey genetics. I have jockey genetics. Yeah, he he just I just kept kind of growing, you know. It just <laughs> Those didn't steroids. Just didn't stop. It has nothing to do with it. Never on steroids, for the record. <laughs> we could uh, we could open a restaurant together. That could be our thing if you want. I'd be down. Yeah. What kind of food? Hmm. I would want to do breakfast. Oh, would you have a a mean burrito? He definitely like breakfast sandwiches, breakfast burritos, breakfast tacos. I could get down with that. Pancakes. Closes at noon. Closes could be about that. Because he needs to like go yeah, to sleep. Yeah, he needs to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. You get next for that one. I got to say Jack's breakfast do be looking good when yeah. I'm yeah, watching the they vlogs, are. They are. I'm also surprised Brayden didn't say he wanted to be a professional softball player because this dude just, <laughs> oh, yeah, this dude, dude thinks he's so impressive. He just hits a little underhand lob and he nukes it and he's like, guys, I'm, <laughs> dude, I'm the athlete of the year, If man. you go to a male softball or a co-ed softball game, whatever, 
Those fucking guys have been training, not for a year, not for two years, for 40 years. For okay. that moment, when you get up there, they've been training for 40 years to get that ball to that plate. Right. And there's spin, dude. It's not like a little soft toss. These guys are like throwing knuckles and stuff and like doing curves. And I'm like, <laughs> Seems dude. serious. And they're, dude, they're like 50s, 60s. And the pitcher is the most important thing. And I always hit bombs. So that's why I think I'm so good. You know, so I think that you kind of backing yourself up with all that kind of. I have my mom. I have my mom come out. I have my mom come out to double check that what I was doing was oh, legit. Oh, your mom. His mom came. <laughs> oh, oh, there's okay. no bias there's there. Mom there's no bias. Chloe would tell you guys if I was ass at softball, right? And I do hit bombs every time. Nah, he is nice. So is that gonna be you at 50, like out there on the softball fields? Oh, 100. percent I'm gonna be coaching every. Literally, I'm gonna be like screaming at kids. Dude, Braden, Braden as a little league coach is gonna be the funniest <laughs> fucking like, thing ever. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna do Given signals. Signs. Yeah. Oh, dude, my team is gonna be locked. I feel like though there was always teams that would have like seven terrible kids, and I'm like, is your dad like draft blindfolded? Like, <laughs> what was going on, dude? And you like beat the shit out of them in little league, and they're like, yeah, my dude, like your team's not good. I'm like, was your dad asleep like during the draft? Yeah. And I don't think they're drafting good, and I think that I could really bring something to the table for the kids. Wow. I'm I'd just be, like I'd, envisioning you as a dad right now. I like, would totally wear, I think I'd be like an all Lululemon dad for the coach thing. That, you would be the dad <laughs> that I was afraid of. Yeah. In and, and Braden's the dad who yells at his son <laughs> and says, Timmy, I fucking spent so much money on private lessons for you. How the fuck are you going over for four? This is bullshit. And I'm, he would be good though, is the thing, but it would never yeah, satisfy. Yeah. No, Braden yeah. It, yeah. It wouldn't be good. I, we're, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Give me number four. One more. Okay. Um, Give me last one. Let's. Uh, I'll. I'll just throw two out yeah, and I'll throw run it two back. Out. Okay. So, what's a good first camera to buy when trying to shoot a bit more cinematic vlogs? Or I feel like you answered this one the last one. Like you just left school, but how did you get into doing content for Auburn? And why did you leave? What do we like? I like the first one, but you guys should also go listen to the last episode that we had with Jack because we go into his origin story and yeah. how he, you know, kind of came out to LA and became a content mm -hmm. creator. What was the last one that I totally forgot? It um, what's a good first camera to buy when trying to shoot a bit more cinematic vlogs? We have some recent experience with this. You have. I really like the Sony ZV-E1. Yep. It's my favorite camera that I've owned for a long time. The colors are great. It's expensive, but 2000 bucks for like one of the best small portable cameras. It's super compact. I really like it. I can't say enough good things. Maybe the G7X if you're start. This is a starter camera, you said, or cinematic, but, but a bit more cinematic. A bit more so cinematic. I think yeah. What you have gives you that mm -hmm. ability to create something that looks a bit more cinematic. What was the one you got? The FX30. Maybe the FX30. How do you like that? I love it. It's like the. What's the price point? Uh, it's the FX3, but like a thousand dollars less. So it's like thirty-five hundred-ish. No, it was like two grand with the body and the lens that I got. Oh, wow. Oh, that's yeah. great. Okay. So the lens was like 500 bucks. The camera was like 1400. So it was like mm. right in the, right in the $2,000 range. And I really, really like it in it. If you were looking for a starter camera, that would be a great option. Dude, I'll also give a hot take on this. I feel like if you're not spending over like about like 1500 to 2000 for that camera just use your phone because there's not yeah there's not a whole lot of you you're gonna get a really shitty camera mm -hmm. or you could just use your phone and practice editing and then eventually save your money and get yes. something nice you use know? your phone save mm -hmm. until you can 
get into those types of cameras yeah. or just use your phone. I had a quick question for Jack, actually. I never thought about this, but do you color your iPhone footage at all? When no. You, no, we wanted to talk about this. So many people ask me this and I never color it. I do shoot in HDR, which everyone who talks about iPhone settings always says to turn that off. I've always kept it on because I think it gives you better contrast. And I think videos tend to look flat on the iPhone when they're posted like straight in feed or whatever. Um, so I've had HDR on and I think that the colors look great. And then do you edit it in Premiere? Yeah. And then do you have to click that one little setting? Yeah. Or is it a LUT that you put on it? No, it's not a LUT. It's clicking the clip, going to modify, interpret footage. Is it Rec 2020? Yes. Or Rec 2020. Okay. Not 709, 2020. Yeah. Rec 2020. If you want to change the iPhone clip from HDR to make it look normal. Yes. Okay. Okay. Nice. Hey, that was questions from Keon's Corner, baby. Nice. <laughs> Shout you, out to Keon's Keon, Corner. dude. Let's go. Number four, you said that you wanted to think of your storytelling as a consequence, not and then. Yes. What, what does that mean exactly? I think that the tendency, especially with the vlog format, is I'm doing something and then I'm doing the next thing and then I'm doing the next thing. And that's not really even a story at all. And it's not interesting to watch either. So I think when you think about your stories, can you have a reason? Can you have something happen and then the next thing happens as a consequence of the previous thing, which then leads you to the next thing, leads you to the next thing rather than it's an and then situation. So a great example is I had some videos do really well when uh, we were having all these thunderstorms in LA. Remember that? Like yes. in January or February. Yeah. And I had problems with my power. And so when in the vlog, I actually was recording when the power, I was like, filming on my phone when the power went out in my house. So I had a great moment of like, okay, this happened. So that then causes all of the chain of events that happen afterwards, which makes for an interesting story. So like my power went out, which then caused me to try and figure out, can I turn the power back on? Which then made me realize that everyone's power is out on my street, which then made me realize, okay, the power's out and everyone's is out on my street and it's raining really like it's raining like crazy and it's very cold outside. So it's about to be very cold inside here because we have no insulation in California <laughs> anywhere, which then caused me to have to go to get a hotel room that night. And then I ended the vlog with like, you know, I hope that my power comes back on tomorrow. So it was a great example of like this thing happened, which all of the next things happen as a consequence is like a chain of events that occurred because of the specific thing. So like Casey lost his drone. Everything that happens after that is a consequence of him losing the drone. So if you can find ways to set up places where you can do something and then everything that happens after that happens because of something that happened during that event. And you kept it open-ended. So yes. the storyline didn't end. Yeah. And it, it kept open for like three days because that's how it was. Like the next night we had to stay in a hotel again. And then it finally came on the next morning. Like it was a whole, it was a whole thing, but those actually performed really well because I think it was so interesting the storytelling was always a consequence of like everything going on around us. I think that, you know, Casey really revolutionized vlogging. And for a really long time, people were putting out 15, 20 minute videos being like, and now we're here and this mm -hmm. is what we're doing. Okay, now we're here and this is what we're doing. Like having that three act structure really comes into play. Like it's just basic storytelling, but yeah, having, it be a consequence of as yes. opposed to and then I think is is genius. I think even saying all this stuff back is like the doing these for almost two years has really brought me to I'm stripped down to my phone and then my voice at the end of the day. And it's really brought me to like the fundamentals of filmmaking and like 
can I get really good at those things? And I think before it was always, is there like a better camera or better lenses or can I color this a little bit different or can I find better music or can I get a camera that shoots slow-mo? Like that was always the things that I was looking for, but this is like, now I'm bare bones. Like how can I just start to tell good stories? And I've just found that all of the fundamentals are the things that really make an interesting story, which, you know. Yeah, and what's also interesting about that is like when you were first starting out doing the vlogs, we were talking about this last night, like they weren't as long as they are now. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like you have to really get better at your craft and like lean into how can I tell a better story in all these different ways to be able to hold a viewer's attention for a minute and a half as opposed to 30 seconds. Yeah, at the beginning it was they were like 30, 35 seconds. And that was what I felt like I could get to before I was sort of out of juice for that day. But now there are certain days where they're like a minute. I, I had someone we were traveling that were like a minute 47. And I was like, honestly, I think this is a pretty entertaining minute 47, but I'm gonna chop it down to a minute 20 so that people don't have to sit through the whole thing. But I think doing it that many times, you eventually get to the progression of like, you can start telling longer stories and hold that attention for longer. I also think though, that comes into play, um, just training your audience to like, the example of when an artist first puts out music, right? Like if nobody knows who they are, no one's gonna sit through a whole album of new music that they play or that they put out but they'll listen to one song. So I feel like when you're first starting out putting content before anybody knows you, you have to like train your audience. Like, okay, I'm gonna kind of like ease you into my content. We're gonna mm -hmm. make shorter form vlogs. And then we've done it with the podcast. Like we started making, we started doing shorter podcasts. And then like, as we've gone, I mean, this one's probably gonna go a little bit longer. Like we've, you know, we've tried doing longer podcasts that are maybe an hour 30 as opposed yeah. to like 45 minutes when we were first starting out. And I think people like that now they were like, yeah, they're like, oh, okay, we get another minute 31, like, let's go, you know, and I, right. I feel like that it's just interesting to see the progression of where you can take it. Like, yeah. you don't have to put yourself in a box. You can always just keep testing and learning. And that's the thing that I feel like with the videos that I get sent a lot or I review from like coaching people is they're missing like the three acts or they're missing just like an issue with the game. Like mm -hmm. even a sports game, for example, I'm like, okay, like you have great edits, you have like all these cool effects, but... No, like what the fuck happened right i don't know what happened like you just showed all these crazy effects and i'm like you need to focus more on if like no one will ever hate on your video if it has very beautiful shots good sound and good color and like it's chopped up well and there's like something to follow mm -hmm. but when you start putting in a thousand effects and there's nothing to follow and you're like the team's colors aren't even that color right you've colored this like horrible and like everyone's skin tones are all messed up then you really start to notice it and so i feel like when you're starting out less is more and to try to really focus on what you were saying with okay where are we going what's happening and what ended up happening or yeah. are they still continuing on to go for the state championship or whatever um and even like with sports hype videos or all that stuff it's so just plug and play now with people there's no experimentation and i urge people to to try to do different things even like shoot it on the phone like try mm -hmm. try different stuff not just okay we have a sick song i need to do my transition pack that i have and like let's go you know it just yeah it's i feel like it's ruined a lot of 
filmmaking in that aspect nobody likes the girl that has too much makeup on and the fake lips and the fake butt right we like the natural beauty right so like too many effects no good you got to stick with like the good storyline right? beautifully said that's a, thank you. a great example thank you Honestly. if you guys want to see some like really well done sports edits that involves more storytelling i recommend going to like the nike eybl page and they just they do a bunch of great stuff, especially with like Jason Tatum's new thing. They just made some yeah, you videos. showed us that video. That was yeah. sick. Mm -hmm. Check that out for sure. Let's go. Number five, Jack. It is right there, my friend. Oh, yes. This is a great one and one that took me a while to realize as well. Recently, within the past year, I've gotten to work with some brands and have experiences in person, even and just on the phone in general, talking to brands. And typically what I found is it's not about we picked you because your videos get tons of views or you're getting a bunch of likes or you have a bunch of followers. It's like, no, I am just a person who happened to like your videos. And I saw one of them. And then a few days later, I saw another one. And then I went to your page because I was like, oh, this, I, you know, I kind of like these videos. And then a month later, I was seeing all of your videos every day on my page. And when the brand that I work for finally wanted to work with creators. You were on my list of top 10, 15 creators to want to work with. So I, you get to be a part of that experience. And sometimes I was like in these rooms with creators and I was like the smallest, you know, creator in the, in the campaign or whatever it was. But the reason, the only reason that I was there is because I became somebody's favorite creator who was working at this brand. So I think like a lot of times, especially with coaching and like people who are like coaches on TikTok and like social media gurus, there's like a lot of like algorithm hacking and how can you have better hooks? And those things are all like nice, but I think it takes a little bit of the passion away of like, how can you just become a great creator and somebody who people want to watch? I feel like they're almost making pegs in the machine. Those people, those gurus, like mm -hmm. you watch those videos and you're like, oh, you should have your, I, I fucking hate the classic like CEO TikTok. It sucks. And you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, hey, we want to learn how to make money today. I'm like, dude, fuck uh, yeah. you, dude. Get the fuck off my feed, man. I have beef with those guys. Also, their videos all suck. They're all the same. Like, and I, I think that like, let's use an example of someone that is a CEO that makes really good content, like Ryan Serhan. He makes good stuff. Yeah. He has all kinds of like dialed in on his content, but the reason why it's good is because it doesn't look like every other like CEO guy who's a real estate agent. Yep. It's very personable. He has a great personality. It's like, you know, he's, he's electric. Like that's why people are watching that stuff, not because of these wild edits. And I feel like those guru guys, man, they're like kind of, they're telling you all that some of it's helpful. Like some of the hook stuff, sure, could be mm -hmm. helpful. But, yeah, absolutely. But like for the most part, you're you're almost being like trained by them to be yes. another one of them. Yeah. And you know, you end up just make everything that you make becomes like, OK, the goal is to do everything that I can to beat the algorithm to get a bunch of views. And then that is you're expecting that the outcome is just like brands are going to mm -hmm. flood your inbox. But the truth is, if those brands, even though you're getting tons of views, if they scroll across your video and it has millions of views or whatever, but they don't actually engage with the content, they're going to keep scrolling and not have you on their list of creators to work with. And that's what's crazy, dude. Like you have all, you know, people are trying to go viral, right? And I feel like a lot of the time, from 99% of people, you don't want to go viral. 
because if you do and you don't have any, if, if it's, you have one video, you've, we've all seen those TikTok accounts that have 10 million, 20 million views yeah. on a video mm-hmm. and you swipe onto their page and it's like an eight year old and they're like, you know, on their profile <laughs> picture and you're like, all right, like I'm out of here. Like, let me get the fuck out of here. Like, you know what I mean? Like you have to, you want like substance in your content. You want like these storytelling pieces or you want yep. pieces that show, oh, this guy does photo video. This guy daily vlogs. This guy is, this girl does this, whatever, you know? I would also say that when a brand is coming to a, creator to do a partnership the goal of um the campaign there might be uh, different uh, motives but it's usually to like you know uh move product like get generate sales and just because someone has like four, like a hot girl has four million followers on instagram but isn't gonna sell a single unit of what she's trying to promote because she's not doing uh, she's not building a deep connection you know with her audience. Sell? Some OnlyFans subscriptions, <laughs> baby. Come true, on. true, true. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, just because you're not getting as many views as like the next person, if you have a deeper connection with the audience that you have, you're going to be able to move more product um, for a brand and have a more successful, you know, brand partnership. Someone who we've had on the pod, who we were talking about this last night, is Sam Newton. I remember him talking mm-hmm. to us about how when Canon came to him, he was like a little bit of imposter syndrome because he's like everybody else who's getting selected is like these big time creators like Mm -hmm. why would they come to me but he has such a unique style and his audience is so engaged that like of course they're going to select him because he's doing it differently than everybody else absolutely and you'd rather have like a smaller stronger team of Mm -hmm. rocks than just a bunch of sand you For know sure. you mm-hmm. just it just it's not the same it's not the same connection with you know you you really want a connection with the people that are watching your stuff yeah. and the the brands and the people who are wanting to connect with creators they want to connect with creators who they feel like are genuine authentic people yeah. and are going to represent the brand well not necessarily somebody who's always going to go viral if you're someone who's always going to go viral and you're making great content you're a unicorn and like congratulations yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you figured it out but like not everyone's going to be like that and the goal shouldn't be can i just go viral yeah i also think um i kind of want to touch on this like you've had a lot of experience working with brands now mm-hmm. with uh, brand partnerships what do you feel like makes a good partnership when it comes to creator and brand I think the brand having trust in the creator is huge. Like a great example is when I went to Miami doing the stuff with Heineken, like that whole team was amazing. And like the only thing that they asked for me is just make your vlog. And that's it. That's the whole brief. We don't, we know that you're going to do this the way that you're going to do it. And it's a unique selling proposition that none of the other creators here have. They're going to like, you know, other people are going to post stories and pictures and do whatever, but like you doing a daily vlog and like posting this every single day is something that no one else is going to do. So just do that thing the way you've been doing it for 500 and, you know, 78 days or whatever it was at that point. And so in doing that, they gave me so much freedom to just create the way that I wanted to. And it didn't hold me, it didn't like confine me in the way that I was trying to tell the story. And so it made for a very authentic, organic brand integration. And I think those videos were, you know, unbiasedly, I think they were pretty fun. And I think it was like a great weekend where they were giving me this awesome experience, but they weren't asking for all, they weren't asking for creative control over what I was doing. Which is what I feel like produces the best stuff. Yeah. Even, even 
agency life if you're not working with a creator if you're working with an agency and you're a production company if they come in and they tell you oh you guys need to do it like this and they're like well we we've done a thousand of these and we do it like this yes this is how it should be done you yeah. know i feel like you gotta let the people who you're hiring you gotta trust in them that, mm -hmm. that like that's the vetting process and be like oh hey do your thing because yeah. you're gonna be better at it than anyone on like the, the account team or whatever mm -hmm. you're like, they've never made 600 vlogs in a row. Right. You know what I mean? And they're always the, the good thing from the brand is like, they need to give you goals. Like here's the goals that we want to have for this weekend of like, we want you to, you know, maybe show this part of the experience. We want people to be excited about our brand. We want, you know, X, Y, Z, that's all fine and good. But when it comes to like actually attacking towards those goals, just leave it up to the creator because they're going to know the best way to organically pitch yeah. you know your product to the people that are watching their videos no absolutely you don't want anyone swiping by your cool video that they hired you to do no you know jack please give me number six number six is this is a, a overarching thing that i've been thinking about a lot and i think will be useful if you were trying to make content is asking yourself is what i'm making giving the audience, the people that are watching this, a reason to follow me for the next six to 12 months. It's not like, can I make something today that's gonna go viral or get a bunch of attention and views? It's can I plant a seed now that's eventually gonna grow into a tree? Like, I don't know where this is gonna go eventually, but I want the growth with the audience and the growth for the content to be there. And I, you wanna, you want the audience to know that eventually you're gonna go somewhere with this and they wanna be along for the ride with you. So like, I'm 600 whatever days into the vlog and like I don't know what it's going to be on day 1000 and I think that that's an interesting proposition of if you follow me then I will be posting one of these every single day and over the past 600 days I've complete it's completely changed my life to be completely honest and in the next 600 days it could do something completely different and we don't know what that looks like and I hope we have some fun along the way and I think that's like a good proposition of like giving people a reason to follow along for your story. And if you're just making things, but not giving them a reason to follow along, then they sort of like, they won't like champion you as a creator. Do you think one of those X factors is consistency? Like you can't just post once a month and expect, right? Like, I think, you know, it's like, you have to balance it. If you're posting once a month, then like your once a month post has to be an absolute banger. And you have to give people a reason that you need to be only posting once a month. Mm. And like the once a month needs to be like the most amazing thing that's happened every month, you know, whereas like I'm doing mine every day. So like the barrier, like the expectation from the audience might be a little bit lower. But if you're doing three times a week, you just want to make sure that people know that you're going to do three times a week and they can expect it. And then you have to knock it out of the park. However you do that. Also going off of consistency, something that I realized since us doing a 30 day challenge and just trying to post more consistently on social is like you take the pressure off of yourself that like this has to be the video that goes viral because I'm only posting twice a month, maybe once a month. Like if you're getting at bats every single day and okay, this video, maybe it didn't do well, but at least I posted and I'm going to try to make a better video the next day. It's like mm -hmm. you take the pressure off of yourself that every single video needs to be a banger because like if you're getting let's say if you're posting every day, um, 30 days in a month and 90% of them don't hit or 95% of them don't hit, like you're still getting three or four that are hitting as opposed to being like, I'm only getting one or two at bats this month. Hopefully 
they go viral. And if they don't, like, then I'm kind of screwed. Then I'm a failure. All right, let me just throw a little quick thing in because, I mean, for the pod at least, consistency has easily been the most important thing. Like, obviously, the content has gotten better and stuff, but not only is it like, okay, posting 90 versus 30 in a month, like, you have more chances to go viral, but also, like, it's all, like, piling up. Like, the videos that you post, like, two weeks ago are still getting seen by people. And, like, you know, you might post three, but only one of those might show up on people's feeds. Like they're not seeing every single one. You know what I mean? So you kind of got to like post different types of content or not different types, but just a lot. So the right content can get to those people like at the right places, I guess. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I think it's been, it's been amazing to see the growth. Seriously, shout out to you guys. And if you're not subscribed, dude, do the boys a favor and help <laughs> us out. Please give us a little sub on that. And a little like button never, you know, never hurt. You talked about Jack earlier, like a few weeks ago with us, how, there was a portion of time where mm-hmm. you felt like you struggled with the identity of the vlog where yeah. you, you woke up and you're like, I'm filming my life mm-hmm. every day and this is how I'm making money, but I'm also mm-hmm. experiencing life. And how did you kind of come to terms with that realization? And what did what did the realization actually look like? Well, I, thought, I think at the beginning, the proposition was, I'm making the vlog every day and it's sort of going to be behind the scenes of what it's like to be working in the, you know, video world, like in the film industry. And so it was like behind the scenes of being a director or editor or whatever the thing that I was doing. And so as the vlog grew, it became my like source of income and sort of the freelance stuff sort of dwindled. And I was like, well, if, if that's not really here, then like the vlog is just me existing every day. Like, that's kind of a weird that's that seemed like a bit of a weird thing to like propose to the audience of like i'm not really doing anything i'm just existing and then i make a video about that and for a while i couldn't really understand how it would work with me just doing the vlog because i felt like there needed to be something that i was doing on top of the vlog and i got to the point where i was like i need to stop thinking of the vlog as something that's showing something else. And the vlog can be the story that I create every day. I can be a director of a TikTok vlog. That is what it is, what is called what it is. I am a director of a TikTok vlog that happens once a day and is 60 to 75 seconds. And that is what it is. And that allowed me to start thinking like, okay, how can I think about this structure rather than it being a BTS of my life as like, how can I make these stories every day like how can i approach them with the same mentality that i approached all of my other client work and so then i started getting into all the ideas about like you know the the, all the things that we've talked about today that's really like where it came from in the past 200 ish days of thinking like this is the full-time thing like where's the value in that like i'm gonna make the best story i can possibly make every day using all the things that i've learned from the past 9 years of filmmaking and putting it into this vlog every day i mean you can tell though i mean your your vlogs are so captivating and i don't say it lightly like i fucking love waking up and watching your vlog so does my girlfriend we watch them <laughs> together you know it's like i enjoy it's a family affair i yeah. enjoy watching that vi- i even show my mom one of your videos when we we're in idaho which is funny she's like oh this is your friend i'm like yeah this is jack like <laughs> so she could put it i feel like she's always asking me who my friends are i'm like you don't know that person you know and i'm like oh well you can know this one yeah, right? yeah, yeah. you know so it's been it's been dope and i i think that it's a testament to like how hard of a worker you are like that you've kept it up and like to see where it's at today and where you where you've came a year ago like it's amazing and i'm just i'm happy for you i Thanks. think it's, it's really cool to just 
see where it's at. I appreciate it. Yeah. Although the like freelance stuff has dwindled mm. and like your life is the vlog really, you have been doing some pretty cool stuff with brands that you're also working on like building other stuff, right? So you've recently become an investor with Whims. Yes. So Whims, Whims is a great product. It's basically like a better for you peanut butter cup. And I've gotten to know the family over the past like six or seven months. They're great people. I believe in them. I think that they're going to like, I think that the brand is going to grow and hopefully it's in grocery stores everywhere one day. But I basically wanted to get in early with them and provide value in any way that I could and sort of, I believe in them and I believe in what they're doing. So now I, yeah, I'm, I'm an investor in a brand, which is pretty crazy to say. That's really exciting. I mean, I think that that just shows though what's possible with this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, a year ago, would you have thought that you could be? No way. I was be like, last year, I was like, if, if I could get a multi-video brand deal, <laughs> like that would have been awesome. But now it's like, I can be, you know, an investor in a company, sort of like, for the long haul be a part of their story and like that's what's really exciting to me is trying to find those brands who i can really attach myself to their story and like grow with them i feel like that's the best like the most organic way to have like a brand relationship yeah and i think that you know go get some whims dude oh definitely go, go, where can they <laughs> get them where do they get them at? currently right now it's going to be unless you're in la or new york or Texas, it's going to be mostly online. So they're on Amazon. They're on the Whims website, um, and you can get them shipped out to you, or you could be in LA and maybe find them in like a grocery store or something. Oh, nice. But they're we're small right now. They need to like before they get into like Whole Foods and all those stores. Like it's going to be a while, but it, it's going to happen eventually. But with your help, you know, yeah, that's maybe, awesome. maybe skyrocket. Seeing them in some vlogs. <laughs> you were saying that you know, you don't really know where the next 600 vlogs are going to go, but you're still going to do them, which I can't wait to see. <laughs> do you have any specific goals or things that you want to accomplish, knock off your bucket list, whatever, mm -hmm. in the next six to 12 months in the near future, within the next year? Yeah, I think like the daily goal is always how can I make the tomorrow's video better than today's? And that's sort of like the framework that I work off, you know, in every single day. And then like long term, I hope it's like, how can I be the best short form storyteller? Like ever. Let's just go with it. You I know? Love that. Like yeah. how can I just be the best at making short form storytelling? Yeah. And like I want people to scroll onto my one of my videos and really feel like watching my vlog is like watching their favorite TV show. And even though it's a minute long and it's on TikTok, it comes out every day. And in the same way that like I feel when I watch my favorite TV show or movie, I want people to feel that way about my vlog. And I, I think eventually I want to get to the place where people are like that invested in the vlogs. And so like that's kind of the goal is like get getting people to love it as much as you would love like your favorite TV show. And I think as far as like other concrete goals, like I would love to, like the fact that I'm partnering with Whims is amazing. I would love to like, partner with a few different companies long-term and so that they can be almost a part of the world that I build out in the videos. Like the Bev has been in the videos since the beginning, but I would love for there to be other brands that are sort of like always around and they become characters. And I would like to have like multi-year partnerships with brands. So it feels like I'm partnered with a few rather than a lot of random ones. Totally. Um, so yeah, those are, I guess, more strategic goals. I like it.
I like that, dude. I love that. Yeah. Man, this has been so fun yeah. having you on the show for episode 73. 73. Yeah. Let's go. Dude, we're going to link all of Jack's socials down below, but I just want to say thank you for coming on again. Mm, thank it you was boys an for having absolute me. blast. Episode 73, the 505 pod. Make sure to leave a like, hit the sub button, and we'll see you all next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.